Tonight's episode of Wayward Stories is brought to you by Riley's Outfitter, located at the confluence of the White and Buffalo Rivers, nestled deep in the heart of the Ozark Mountains, survivalfeeling.com, and you, our listeners. And also seeing all of their bits, and you don't want to see those bits. I'm just saying. All of you wayward souls, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast that aims to share the experience. We are building a platform here for you to share your stories of adventures in the great outdoors. In order to do that, I need your stories, so please shoot me an email with your story at mywaywardstory at gmail.com. Guys, we've been Rocking on for 20 episodes now. This will be episode 21, and we are actually starting to get some downloads. We're starting to get some followers, starting to watch things climb, and that makes me more excited than you will ever know. Um, And that's all thanks to you out there rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and telling your friends about it. Um, Had a weird bump on the website yesterday. Had a crap ton of views in Canada. Don't know why. But it tells me somebody shared the podcast to, I don't know, a paddling group, a hiking group, a biking group. Um, Maybe somebody else out there mentioned us on a different podcast. But somewhere, somehow, we got popped into the Canadian Outdoor Zeitgeist yesterday and got a whole bunch of website hits and a lot of listens to the the, uh, podcast. And that's super cool. It's fun to watch those kind of metrics happen, even though you don't necessarily know why. They happened. Maybe we'll find out down the road somewhere. Anyway, it is good to be back, y'all. It's been three weeks since I recorded an episode. Back when I recorded three or four in a row, if you'll recall. Um, got through my two weeks away from home. Did not go to Louisville, Kentucky. I lied to you guys. Um, ended up in St. Louis, Missouri. Which, it's interesting. Um, it's going to actually constitute its own episode. You may be like, St. Louis, that's not outdoors, but guys, St. Louis is located just north of the uppermost portions of the Ozark Mountains and the Ozark Highlands, and y'all, there is a lot going on up there. I'm super excited to get an episode out about that. That was actually what you were going to hear this week, but I decided to put it off because we had a adventure pop-up that was available to do in this short week I have off and um, just got it done, just got through with it yesterday afternoon. And so we're going to make an episode about it because it kind of falls perfectly into, uh, it really piggybacks perfectly off of last episode that you heard a couple of weeks ago about Explore More and my system and how to get out more often. It really comes at a perfect time to go in sequence right after that one. Um, First of all, I want to tell you guys about a little uh, production crisis we had yesterday. Um, the Explore More episode dropped, as it should. Got a bunch of downloads. All the people that subscribe, you know, it went out, downloaded to their players. And then somehow, I pulled a Justin and managed to accidentally delete that download from its um, from its home URL, basically as the... Uh, the uh, main file that everything downloads to all the other podcast players managed to delete it yeah it just disappeared um not even sure that it's my fault i'm still looking for answers from podbean i'm still uh working on emails with them but anyway that episode's down all of a sudden so i go to find the source file which should have been on my phone in my files and also should have backed up to the cloud it was in neither place it had essentially disappeared from the face of the planet So I spent a solid six or seven hours yesterday in like full on panic crisis mode trying to find a way to get that retrieved so I could get it back up because it was gone. At that point, it was a lost episode completely, never coming back, wasted every second that I took to produce and record and get that episode ready. It was just gone forever. There was no retrieving that Um, in that moment. But after several hours of figuring out what's where and what's not where, I suddenly remembered, hey, I downloaded it to YouTube. 
it goes to the YouTube. So I got into YouTube and then that took another couple of hours, but I was able to finally finagle getting that video downloaded from YouTube, from my personal YouTube page. You'd think it would be easier than that. I own the copyright on that. I should just be able to download the file right back to my phone. Not that simple. Welcome to the internet. Finally got it ripped. I actually had to illegally rip my own damn file back onto my phone and then convert it to MP3 format from MP4 format and got it re-uploaded to Podbean and boom, here we are. It finally came out. But anyway, that was chaotic. That wasted a lot of my life yesterday. The whole of my afternoon yesterday after I returned from the trip that we're about to talk about tonight. Um, but we need to just get on to that. I just wanted to let you guys, um, you know, take a little peek behind the curtain and see how, um, oblivious that your host, the wayward son here can be. Um, and also I just want to, as I'm looking at myself in this damn camera, want to apologize to my listeners out there on YouTube who are watching. I'm looking a little rough around the gills here, but, uh, that's with good reason. This is the best kind of rough around the gills to look. I've only got a week home from work this time for multiple logistical reasons and um managed to squeeze a trip into a 36 hour window of time I had over the last two days and um you know it works out great that's exactly what we want it's a perfect segue into talking about tonight's show I have not had time to shave I've not had time to do much of anything that I should have been doing this week so anyway enough about all of that Let's get on to tonight's show. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, if you downloaded the podcast, you saw the title. We're going to be talking about paddling on the White River. Where's the White River? You guys have heard me talk about, gosh, the buffalo. You've heard me talk about the mulberry. You've heard me talk about the Cossatot. We've talked about a lot of rivers. The White River actually lives in the same neighborhood, in the same neck of the woods as the Buffalo River does. And as a matter of fact, the Kings River, that's an episode down the road someday. I had a pretty amazing overnight float on the Kings many, many years ago. Um, But the White River originates in northwest Arkansas, and it is 722 miles long. That actually surprised me when I did all the Google work this morning to get all the information together. Um, It has been impounded by eight dams. There are four major lakes in northwest Arkansas that impound the White River, but after the last lake, which is Bull Shoals Lake, it kind of returns to its original free-flowing format. Um, And that's the area we're going to be talking about tonight, is the area south of Bull Shoals as it makes its final exit from its final impoundment. The way this trip came about, the reason I said this piggybacks so perfectly after the last episode, sequentially, the last episode you heard about Explore More, the one that's about my system, the reason it piggybacks so well off of that is because this trip worked out exactly like that. I believe it was Monday night, nine o'clock. I was sitting here at the house starting to get kind of stuff worked out. I had had my daughter for the weekend back from work for a few days and just taking my daughter home on Monday night after a great 4th of July. Again, we're on a two week delay production schedule. So you guys are like, what the 4th of July last weekend? Yeah, it was two weeks ago, but it was two days ago as I record this. Um, had a great weekend and I was sitting there starting to get my mind around what I need to do this week to uh, prepare to go back to work and, you know, do life things. It's hard to live away from home two weeks at a time, guys. Not easy, especially when you don't have anyone at home keeping the fires burning and taking care of business. Um, so I was starting to think about that and I got a text message from a friend of mine said, hey, I'm up in Mountain Home. Got any time this week? You want to do something? So I was like, hmm, let's see. And I kind of Googled around Mountain Home and came up with there were float trips on the White River. And I was like, you know what? I've never even considered floating on the White River. I have trout fished in the White River in Missouri. I've done that. Um, I've been on all the lakes that feed it, but I never considered a float trip on the White River. Didn't really know they existed. Shocked to me as someone who has spent so many years recreating in Northwest Arkansas in the Ozarks. Um, and I got to looking at it. I was like, hey, that's, that's kind of perfect. If I left tomorrow morning, first thing, got to the area by noon, get on the river, get a whole afternoon into a late afternoon on the river, and then kick it all night, and then turn around, you know, 
next morning after that, come home. And that's about all the window I had. It was about 36 hours because I had to get back here. I had to get back home. I've got more things to do with my daughter once I'm back home for the weekend. I've got to start getting ready to leave again. But there was a window. And I was like, you know what? Let's take this window. So I texted back. I was like, hey, we could do this. And yeah, in a 36-hour window, I went from not really having anything to do outside, was just going to be doing errands. I was on the river by noon the next day and floating, having a good time. And uh, yeah, that's why it piggybacks so perfectly. So we're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about the whole trip. But the White River itself is, it's a beautiful river. We're talking crystal clear water. We're talking quintessential Ozark Mountains, Northwest Arkansas, Southwest Missouri water qualities. And actually, this is kind of North Central Arkansas. The Ozarks constitute almost the entire northern portion of Arkansas and the southern portion of Missouri absolutely beautiful place but it is the quintessential clear water river and it is also for many 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 years been rated as a top trout fishery for rainbow brown and cutthroat trout for a long 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 time like basically from the first lake it exits in the tell waters of beaver lake all the way down to the tell waters of the white river essentially a trout fishery the entirety of Lake Tanicomo in Missouri is a trout fishery in and of itself. Um, so it's super cool water, super cold water river, super clear water river winding through the majestic Ozark Mountains of northwest Arkansas and north central Arkansas. I just got to say northern Arkansas. I'm going to have to retrain myself. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. The fishing is absolutely amazing. I can speak from previous experience to the trout fishing on the White River in multiple places throughout the Ozarks there. I mean, honestly, guys, this section of the Ozarks, this section of Arkansas, this section of Missouri is absolutely a sportsman's paradise. There are hikes out the wazoo. There are bike trails out the wazoo, guys. And as far as fishing, like I just mentioned, it's a it's a top rated trout fishery. Nationally speaking, it's also a top rated bass fishery inside some of the lakes that are located up there um one of the biggest i mean beaver lake beaver lake is an absolutely incredible lake it's got incredible bass fishing it is well known to scuba divers if you guys are into scuba diving and you are from out of our area and you've never heard of it you need to look into beaver lake it is a destination for scuba divers. It's a destination for bass fishermen. Um, Table Rock Lake is one of the lakes that is impounded by the White River. It is a top destination for bass fishing, like largemouth bass. But also, you've got smallmouth in here. It's just a really great area for any kind of sportsman of any ilk. If you're into photography, if you're into hiking, if you're into fishing, if you're into kayaking, in anything that you're into, it exists right here in this portion of the United States. It is an area you guys need to know about. It is an area you guys need to Google and look at and go, oh my God, that's beautiful. And then you need to take a vacation here and bring us all of your hard-earned money. We need your money. We like your money. So bring it on. Just be respectful when you get here. I've said that before. I will hunt you down and throw trash in your yard if you mess up my state. Like, you reap what you sow, baby. Anyway, moving on. So my trip, my trip worked out to where I left about eight o'clock, whatever morning I left, it's all blurring together now, but I left about eight o'clock in the morning, headed up. For me, it's an easy drive. It's interstate to interstate to state highway and a very nice state highway, but take I-49 North towards Fayetteville. And it's just that in and of itself is a beautiful drive. It's a nice, easy drive. It doesn't have a ton of traffic, 75 miles an hour all the way through the mountains, heading up the highlands over some ginormous bridges that have sweeping views of Frog Bayou and the valley. It's just an absolutely beautiful, easy drive up. Go through a few minutes of crap trying to get through Fayetteville, and once you come out on the other side, you head on over to Crossover Road, and you get up to Highway 412 eventually. Once you're to there, for me, it's wonderful. Like, that drive down 412 west to east, heading towards central Arkansas, towards the Buffalo River, towards so many of the hiking trails and the waterfalls that I go and do. I just love that drive. It's a wide open state highway. 
It's not four lanes everywhere, but it's got several passing lanes set up here and there. It's a nice drive, and it's a pretty easy drive, but it's an absolutely beautiful drive. You're going to cross War Eagle Creek. It's absolutely beautiful. You're going to cross the Kings River in there. You're going to cross the White River a couple of times. So many things up there to see and do. There's actually a ton of places to stop and check out. Like the drive itself, it's it's just it's a great drive. Um, gosh, some of the areas through there, like you've got plenty of places to stop too and make your pit stop and prepare yourself to get out and go do whatever you're going to do. Harrison is one of the towns that's got basically anything you could need in Harrison. It's a pretty sizable small town. Got anything you need there. If you're on your way through there and somebody forgot they don't have water shoes, guess what? There is a Walmart in Harrison. Like, you can stop. You can get things taken care of. Gas, food, anything you need to take care of. But I highly recommend if you need a pit stop to prepare yourself to get on the river that day or even a pit stop on your way home, um... Wait for just a few more minutes and get over to the crossing with the Kings River and check out Kings River Outfitters. They've got an awesome little store there. Stop in there. They've got about a billion things to choose from when it comes to hot food. They've got a lot of little stuff to help get you outfitted and get you on the river because they also outfit to do floats on the Kings River. That's who I floated with when I did my overnight many years back on the Kings. But highly suggest giving your money to any and all local outfitters wherever you go. Stay away from those big corporations. Walmart's got plenty of money. They don't need your money. These small outfits, they need your money. You know, just a principal thing for me. But also, you get access to things that you're not going to get at Walmart when you stop into an Outfitters. Kings River Outfitters is a great pit stop right on the Kings River as you're going down 412 and heading towards the central, north central part of the state to do this float. So I thoroughly enjoyed my drive up there. Um, there's a little town up there called Yellville, and it's a really, it's a pretty neat little town. Like they've got a little, I believe it's a historical society there. Got an old Missouri Pacific caboose on static display. Um, got a good feel up there. It's got a nice homey kind of feel to it. And there's also a little town called Alpena. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it's not much to that. But it's a cool place, the architecture that you drive down what was obviously the old Main Street. And I love the architecture of the buildings, probably probably turn of the century, 1900s would be my guess, probably a little bit later than that. They don't look a lot older than that. They don't look to be 1800s-esque, but they're just, I don't know. It's a neat drive through the Ozarks is always a nice drive. It's always a beautiful drive. So I have a beautiful drive up. And get up to the outfitters that we're going to float with. We floated with Riley's Outfitter. And they are located right on the confluence of the Buffalo River and the White River. Um, just to the south of, where are we at specifically there? Yeah, we're south of Mountain Home. Mountain Home's also a neat little community. Um, you're down, you're south of Mountain Home. You're south of a place called Lakeview. That's kind of where we stayed. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but they're located right at the confluence. They've got everything you need to get onto the water. Um, and they set us up good and proper, man. Like I, I love like Usually what I do when it comes to the outfitters, I'll look online and I'll see the ones. There's always kind of like a big dog in the neighborhood, at least it seems to me. Um, they've got the most online presence. They've got the most reviews. They've got like the most signage when you're driving down the road. There's always kind of a big dog around. I always try to find somebody who's not the big dog necessarily, who's not that one that really kind of stands out amongst them all for all of their advertising they do and find one of the smaller outfits and try to give them my business because usually, you know, they need it. It helps them out a lot. And um, I don't know. I like to spread the love around a little bit. We don't, we don't need any monopolies out there. We don't need any monopolies. So anyway, found Riley's Outfitter and these folks... They were great, y'all. They got us onto the river, answered some questions for me, some long-standing questions I had about fishing in a trout fishery when you're not actually fishing for trout and, like, the regulations required um, that aren't actually easily accessible on the old internet. And I'm not sure why, because I've Googled it more than once trying to get a proper answer about the requirement of owning, you know, of having a trout tag if you're not trout fishing, et cetera, et cetera. They had the answers for me. 
Um, super knowledgeable about the river, super knowledgeable about the area, got us out there to have a good time. And they've got a little bit of everything guys like they're, they've got John boat rentals. They've got fly and spin guided trips. That's something going on up here. There's a lot of guide services and they'll get you out there after those trout that you're after. Um, they got canoe kayak trips. They've got a landing, a boat ramp parking. They even rent you John boats. Like you can get out there and get some horsepower under your tush going down the river they can get you into that they've got riverfront cabins they've got like even luxury homes that they will rent out um and i talked with them a great at great length afterward they actually had questions about the podcast and things of this nature and had a great conversation with them and they were super super nice folks super hospitable and accommodating as you should expect when you come to our great state of arkansas and float with anyone or do anything with anyone um they had the hospitality on lockdown that's for sure um so yeah you guys should give them a chance if you come up Maybe give them a shot at your money if you decide you want to float. They've got multiple links. Like I'm sure all of the outfitters there do offer multiing links and varying links of float sh- trips um, and just multiple ways to get you on the water from a canoe to a kayak to a john boat. And they can even guide you if you so desire to be guided on a fishing trip. I personally prefer to not be guided. I like to do it myself, but. I know a lot of you folks out there do, and they can do that for you as well. So you guys can check them out. Let me see. I wrote this down. Make sure if you do want to check them out. Riley'sOutfitters.com. If you want to set yourself up for a trip, any of you folks out there, make it a destination. Um, R-I-L-E-Y-S, Outfitter.com. Riley's with an E. So anyway, talking about them, they did a great job. So let's talk about the river. Let's get on to the river. The river itself, again, like I said, never floated the White River before. I've done, God, almost every river in this state, I think, but never even considered this was a floatable river. So it was kind of an exciting adventure. I was super, super happy to get to do this. Um, at the point where we're floating, we are in the tailwaters of Bull Shoals Lake. So we are subject in this area to the generation. The water levels are subject to the generation of the dam or just outflow because they need to bleed off water from a lake that's overly full, as turned out to be the case while we were here. When we first got onto the water, I was trying to decide whether or not, because this is a, at this point, it was very wide and there weren't a lot of gravel bars and we get on the water and it's moving. Like you can tell it's moving. We didn't have to do much paddling. Um, you just paddled to basically steer and decide which direction you wanted to point. Um, and you could tell it was very turbid. You know, you could see a lot of the swells coming up mid river and I, I couldn't quite put my finger on whether or not this is normal flow rate and this is normal watermark, or if maybe it was a little bit high, regardless, the water quality is awesome. It is crystal clear. It is absolutely beautiful water quality. Um, the fishing was great. We came up on several folks, um, stopped at one place, just found one gravel bar, I believe where Crooked Creek came in and came up on some folks. And I could see the stringers on there, um, hanging off of their canoes and they had stringers full of rainbow trout stringers full. They were doing quite well that day. Um, and they weren't the only people I saw with a full stringer of rainbow trout hanging off of their canoe. Um, the, area itself is absolutely beautiful like you are literally floating through the ozark mountains through its bluffs its timbered mountainsides um and again with just that beautiful water quality absolutely clear water quality the water is ice cold like ice ice cold it's coming out of the bottom of the lake it is ice cold um so much so that as hot as it was yesterday it wasn't quite hot enough to make me want to get in the water it was like painfully cold I got out and waited around a little bit a few times um and it it was just I don't know my leg was so numb let's put it this way I got back in the kayak after one stop where I stood out in the water for a few minutes got back in the kayak pushed off go to take off and I start looking for my water bottle I just grabbed a fresh bottle of water out of my ice mule and I was like where did my water go and I looked down and my leg was resting on top of it and I didn't know it was there it was ice cold. It was fresh out of the ice mule. My leg was basically numb. 
That's how cold the water is. Um, so it's absolutely great way to cool off in the summer. I can promise you that. And there was like an interesting byproduct of that too, in that we would get a breeze off of the water and it felt like air conditioned air hitting you in the face. Like, like not sensationalizing that. It literally was cool air on a day that was like 96 degrees outside and the sun was just beating down. I mean, y'all, I got red yesterday and I've already got a good base tan going on for the summer. I got red yet a uh, day before yesterday. It was hot. UV index was high and cool air. You know what cool air feels like when it blows on you. Just like, you know what warm air feels like. It was cool air. And the only thing that made sense was the water is so cold that a breeze carrying along the surface of the water cools off. That's what it felt like. I even checked to make sure that I wasn't like tripping balls or something. I asked my buddy I was with, my travel buddy, I was like, hey, are you noticing that? And we actually talked about it at length. Yeah, we were both like, wow, this is kind of crazy. This is cool air. This is absolutely cool air. So that's neat byproduct. It's, it's a nice cool day on the river and a great way to cool off. Um, the trip itself that we took was, I believe an eight mile and it went by really quickly, to be honest, because the water was moving. It's a flat water float for the most part, at least yesterday. And it was, as it turns out, actually, because if there would be any rapids, they would be washed out. It's a flat water float. Um, but the rapids that do exist are not extreme rapids. It's not even like a class one style river. This is a river for floating. This is a river for fishing. This is a water, a river for swimming in. Um, and as we were floating along, you know, there's some houses, y'all, there are some houses up in there, like some luxury houses. A lot of them I assume are like vacation homes right there on the river. Some of them are up on stilts. Some of them are up on a bluff. Some of them are up on a tall hill and have like these amazing sets of deck stairs working their way down to river level. Hey, man, that's life goals right there. I don't even know what kind of money you got to make to buy one of them houses, but I know that it's a lot and it's more than I'm ever going to make in my lifetime. Absolutely beautiful trip. Absolutely amazing fishing on this trip. The water quality is pristine. It's ice cold. It's just, it's a quintessential float trip in the Ozarks. Just didn't know this one existed. Things that I found out about this trip, though, as we uh, went along, we actually ran into, we found one place where someone had finally found a place to kind of beach. It wasn't a gravel bar. Um, this was really a wide river with water from bank to bank up at tree level. Um, but it, looked and saw them ahead where they had managed to to beach a little bit and thought, well, maybe that's a place we can stop and have lunch or whatever. So we pull up there and stop. And it wasn't really a great place to beach, but it was a place where the water wasn't ripping you downstream at eight or nine miles an hour and um, got to talking to them. And they were from Louisiana and it was interesting. They come to the White River all the time. I got schooled yesterday about the White River from people that live down in the southern portion, southern western portion of Louisiana, if I remember correctly. Number one, they are super cool people. It goes back to what I've said to you guys so many times. If you are friendly and have a smile on your face, you will make new friends out there on the river, out there on the trails, out there in the backcountry. I absolutely love meeting and adding to my list, my ever-growing list of new friends I have all over these United States. I love doing that. And I made new friends a couple of days ago on the White River. They're from Louisiana and they schooled me about the White River because they make that trip quite regularly. And I in turn was able to share information I had about lots of places between where they were and where they live, and hopefully get them into some new adventures moving forward. It was a great family. Mom, dad, and two teenage boys. They were all quite happy to be on the river, and they had an awesome water dog who was just plum tuckered out, as my mom used to say. He was plum tuckered out. He came to check us out, and then he went and got himself a nap with his face resting on the side of the canoe, and it was pretty much adorable. But they told me, I asked them, the biggest questions I had going down the river were, is this the normal water level? Because you can get a lot more miles in than what we got today. We could have gone a lot further upstream and seen a lot more river because we were moving on. Um, number two, is this a party river? Because it's so flat water. And I'm going I'm to try to dance around this lightly. 
I don't want to offend too many people. Um, but let's just say there are a couple of great rivers here in Arkansas and Southern Missouri that are perfect rivers to take the family out on because they're flat water rivers. They're slow moving. They're clear water. You can see obstructions below the surface. They're the kind of rivers you want to take your kids out and get them acclimated to being outside, to being on the water, start teaching them about rivers, about water safety, etc., etc. And they have been kind of overtaken by a floating rave party because what makes it perfect for families, slow moving flat water also makes it party to get absolutely plastered and more like than likely than not, not die doing it. And one of them, we actually went to one years and years ago and loved going there. We always started taking our trips to this one specific river and it's literally become like literally become one big long party all weekend, every weekend. And the only reason I have an issue with that, because I've floated many times, I've done that myself many times back in the day. But the reason I have an issue with it is you're definitely not going to get to commune with nature. That's out the window. You're going to hear everybody's music really loud. And number two, if you're wanting to take your kids there to start to teach them about the river and get them out there experiencing nature and enjoying nature, like it's like a no-go because there's so much nudity going on. Um, I'm not judging y'all for doing that. You know, do your thing. If it works for you, it works for you. But it's a public space. Basically, there are rivers that are no-goes for us now if you want to take kids out just because of language and nudity. Um... So I was concerned about that because this water was, it was fast, but it was flat. And I was concerned about that. And so these folks answered that question for me. They were like, no, man, this is, there's usually hardly anyone out here. Like you will pass very few other paddlers. Um, everyone you pass is fishing. Um, they're friendly. Like they, they kind of put my heart at rest about that little subject. And it made me happy because it's like, crap, no, I've got a new place a return destination I can go to, to get my river fix and get my time out there in nature. Cause to me, like I said, I used to party on the river many years ago when I was a youngin, but those days have passed for me that I could care less about that. I quit drinking 11 years ago. Like it's not what I'm out there to do. I'm out there to be in nature, to see it, to experience it and, and let it do whatever it is that it does for me. Feed my soul. That's why I'm there. And it can be tough to do that, you know, when, again, you're listening to everyone's music, everyone's that's passing you and also seeing all of their bits. And there's a lot of times, guys, you don't want to see those bits. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I want to take a second to tell you guys about tonight's sponsor, Survival Feeling. Survival Feeling is a hiking brand based in Greece, and they offer an assortment of gear that's aimed towards the goal of helping you better enjoy your time outside. And that is, of course, what we are all about here at Wayward Stories. I really like this company for a lot of reasons, but chief amongst them is that they were founded with giving back to the community in mind. They donate a portion of all proceeds to organizations like the Wildland Firefighters Foundation to help support those who work to keep us all safe while we're out there trying to find ourselves. We've partnered with them to bring you guys a unique coupon code that will save you wayward souls 15% off of your order. Go to survivalfeeling.com and use offer code waywardstories at checkout. I think you guys will like what they have to offer and what they're all about just as much as I do. Once again, that's survivalfeeling.com and use the offer code waywardstories. But so they put, put me at ease about that and also answered the question for me, was that the consistent normal flow rate? Is this what you can expect every time you come out? Is it going to be moving this fast? And they said that it wasn't atypical, but it was not the actual norm. Apparently the river or the, the lake bull shoals is really high water right now and has way too much water and they're bleeding it off. So they're letting it churn. And so the water level was high. The speed was increased and that is not a typical float on the white river. They said, typically there's a lot more gravel bars. There are a lot more places to stop. It's a lot slower moving. It's a lot easier to fish. Cause that's one thing I kept thinking was 
If this is a premier trout fishery, this would be hard to fish in a boat. You'd need to, you'd, you'd have to anchor. I mean, you're going so fast, you would, you blow right by, you blow right by great fishing holes. Like we tried to make a few gravel, or not gravel bars, but areas we thought we could maybe pull over and saw it across the river. And it just simply wasn't happening. We were moving at such a high rate, we couldn't get cut across the river in time. And then you could not paddle back against the flow. But that is not typical. If you see the video, we did a video from yesterday. If you go and you see it over at YouTube um, and go back and watch my little experience video of being on the White River, you'll see the flow rate. You'll see how fast we're moving down river. Um, just so you know, that's not typical. It is a little bit lazier stream than that on a more generalized basis. So I am looking forward to going back. I'm looking forward to going back with more normalized flow rates and uh, to get back up there and fish when it's much more fishable. I'm, I'm, God, I'm talking about this has made my, my list of places that are perfect to return to. You know, I got places I go once and I don't really want to go back. I saw what I needed to see that one time, and but there's a small list of, this is somewhere I could go multiple times. Mountain Fork, you saw that video a few weeks back and heard that podcast, that's one. Spring River is a return trip um, that you could make multiple times. You heard that a couple of podcasts back, that's one. Buffalo is always a return trip. The Mulberry is always a return trip, but um, this has now been added to it. And I love it because it seems like a lazy, a lazy experience, which is what I'm after when I'm out there on the water. A lot of times I just want to go experience it. I want to fish. I want to spend my time out there communing with nature. Um, and also just the area up there. It's not as touristy as like say Mountain Fork. We talked about Mountain Fork. Mountain Fork has turned into um, Hotcha Town there. Beaver's Bend area has turned into like I said in that episode, a Gatlinburg type of area, a Branson, Missouri type of area, extremely busy, extremely tourist driven. They're cool places to go, but they can be stressful to go to also. You know what I mean? This area up here, there's mostly it's outdoorsmen going here. It's not a super tourist driven area in the sense of heavy crowds, long lines of traffic, et cetera, et cetera. This is much more of a sportsman's retreat kind of area in a lot of ways, a sportsman or sportswoman's retreat kind of area. It's a lot more laid back, and uh, I love it. Three and a half hours. Three and a half hour drive for me. It is a substantial drive, you know, three and a half hours. But that's a whole week, you know, a weekend, three and a half hour is nothing. That's a nothing drive to make, to spend two days. I mean, I did a 36-hour trip, and it was worth every second of it. It was absolutely amazing. So... We go on down, we float, we stop, we talk to the folks from Louisiana who I had a great time talking to. If you guys listen to this, I know that you already checked out some of the stuff because I saw those bumps on the website. Um, if you guys listen to this when it comes out, just want you to know, enjoyed the heck out of talking to you guys and do not be strangers. Find me on Facebook, send me an instant message. Let's stay in touch. Um, and about that point was getting close to our takeout. And you know where your takeout is when you're floating with Riley's because they are directly on the left right before the confluence with the buffalo after you pass the giant white cliffs. Sheer-sided bluffs, kind of like Big Bluff in a way, a little bit different composition, a little bit different look, but absolutely beautiful. That last little section coming in, you're coming into a bluff area on this beautiful clear water river. And it's just it's it's the Ozarks, baby. That's what they are. They're beautiful. Everywhere you go, they're beautiful. Um, and it was really a great wrap up to the trip. To finish, you kind of kind of slide into home when you see those those bluffs rising to your to your east. And as you come on down, they the river turns back beneath them, and they're your uh, they escort you in. They guide you in to your takeout point. Now we headed on in, took out, spent some time talking with the Riley family and uh, what they've got going on at their operation there. They've got a neat little store. They've got a neat little outfit. They've got several places to stay there. We didn't get to stay with them because they're booked out just like everybody else has been. COVID did it to us, y'all. People are getting back out, which is exciting and awesome in a lot of ways, but it's also 
frustrating in a lot of ways and you have to plan accordingly. Um, but they're booked out or we would have stayed with them quite honestly, just kind of a last minute decision, but did not. And already had another place booked out up on Bull Shoals. And, uh, we're going to, we're about to talk about that a little bit, but yeah, we, we had a great time, um, on the white river. It's something I suggest all of you guys do get out there, enjoy the Arkansas Ozarks at their finest, do some trout fishing, some smallmouth fishing, beautiful place, beautiful, beautiful place. But after that, finish out the evening, got done. I think got off the water around four thirty or five. I think it's getting dark about eight 30. Um, Went up to where we were going to stay. We stayed at a place, Sunset on the Shores, um, and it's right there on Bull Shoals Lake, and they've got a bunch of little cabins right there, and it's really awesome, and they were actually super reasonable. It was like 80 bucks to stay the night there. Um, Lakeview, literally Lakeview. You can set on their deck, and it's a nice place too. It's nice and clean. Outside, they had some nice newer updated well-maintained decks that you could set on and watch the sunset over the lake from the deck or you can do what i did and walk down to the water they have direct access to the water and a floating dock that they keep down there and so we went down to the water and watched the sunset from the deck of that little dock the deck of the dock um (laughs) went down and watched sunset from the dock and i got honestly for me, like, it's so funny. Like when it comes to photography, it's so funny. It's like, you can have this image in mind. You can have a picture of what you want to capture in mind. You look at the setting, setting you're in, okay, the sun's setting this way. There's a couple of clouds. We might get a decent sunset. And you're like, you know, we could, you you set up a shot in your mind and you're going to try to get that shot. So I'm trying to do that. And then you just do something silly, like take a one-off shot. Like I walked over at one point, um, after being scared to death by a rather large nope rope in the brush right before coming up onto the dock, it scrambled in the other direction, thank goodness. But I went down um, onto the dock, and as I was sitting there, I'd been taking pictures all up and down the length of the dock, trying to find different angles, waiting for different sky conditions, and the, the sun as it sets, you know, the colors get richer as it comes through the atmosphere at that differing angle. And... I just took this one-off picture between the ladder rails that went down into the water on the dock because you could swim off the dock. And I just took this like one-off shot. I didn't like compose it particularly. All I really did was eyeball it and frame it. I didn't really compose it. I didn't do anything too special to it. I just looked at it. Thought, "Eh, That's kind of a cool look. Took the picture and it was like magic. Like for all the work I put into all those other pictures, didn't use a single one. Didn't put a single one on Instagram. Not a single one's going to go on the website. There was nothing special about any of them. This picture, however, this picture, one off, bam, just a quick snap. And it was, everything was right. Everything was right. If you go to my Instagram feed, Wayward Sun 119, you'll see it. It's just the sun setting between two ladder rails going into the water. And you'll see what I'm talking about. It just had that look. The light and the way the light was hitting the ladder rails, the way the sun was setting and the color of the sky was turning, the water in the lake was kind of placid. Um, it was pretty, pretty flat water. It just, just everything, everything was right. Everything was right. And I didn't even try for that. It was a one-off, one-take deal, and it was the shot. And that's just one of those things about photography. Um, the only thing I really did, the only thing I really looked at is I always try to take my pictures with some kind of perspective. So, you know, I said I didn't compose it, but as a general rule, I always try to take them with some kind of perspective, something in the foreground, you know, change, change the elevation, squat down, get it to foreground at ground level. And that was kind of what I was doing, just a pretty standard way of looking at any shot for me. And it just, everything fell together without me seeing it or eyeballing it or knowing that's how I wanted to go about it. And yeah, it was a killer shot. It was a killer shot. If I do say so myself, I was super psyched about it. Um, but that was a really, really cool way to finish a great trip. We went down, we got our sunset, we set up on the deck right in front of the little cabin I stayed in and we ate turkey sandwiches, ate chips and just watched 
the sun in the evening hours and listen to the locust, listen to the cicadas. Like it just, guys, it was perfect. And it was like pretty cheap. You know, if you got travel buddy and you're splitting a room like that, you got 40 bucks. You get on the river, you're out 40 bucks for a kayak. You know, $80 you're in and half tank of gas or so. It's great. Absolutely great. 36 hour adventure. Knocked off for the night, chilled out. Just kind of hung out, listening to the cicadas, listening to the crickets, listening to the frogs down on the lake, and fall asleep, wake up, nice leisurely morning, and then take off, get back home by noon, and in essentially a, what, 30-hour period, had a really great adventure away from home that almost felt like a mini vacation because it was just something brand new. It was something off track of the normal everyday stuff, did it for a $100 bill, and had a great time doing it. That's exactly why I said it piggybacks itself perfectly from the last episode. Because there's a system that I have, because all I had to do was grab a pair of basketball shorts, a t-shirt, some fresh skivvies and socks, and throw them into a little bag, grab my overnight bag, I was gone. 12 out, you know, 9 o'clock the night before, no idea that I was going to do anything the next day. By 9.30, a plan was in place, left at 8 o'clock the next morning, no harm, no foul. One stop at a gas station for ice, for drinks, and boom, you're rolling and you're going. There's no need to run around and spend half a morning tearing apart the garage, no need to tear out the storage building and spend all damn day trying to figure out what you do need, what you don't need. No, you got the system. You already know what you need, and it already lives in your vehicle. All you got to do is get a change of clothes, something to brush your teeth with, and hit the road. That's the only way my little adventure I just took was able to be pulled off. It's because everything was already ready. If I had had to try to get ready for it, I might could have still pulled it off, but I would have been so stressed. You know what I mean? You'd be stressed. I've done it before. That's why the system was born. In a lot of ways, you'd be so stressed because you're trying to find everything. Then you get halfway out there and realize what you forgot. Then you spend way more money than you need to at an expensive convenience store to grab whatever that thing was that you should have already had. There's always stuff intrinsic to not being prepared for it. But as long as you got the system, as long as you're prepared to go out like we talked about in the Explore More episode, like I said, 9 o'clock, I had no idea what was going on. By 9.30, there was a plan. And by noon the next day, I was on the White River, feeling the cool air off of the cold water, the sun beating down on my already red skin. It was great. It was great. It's a great trip. So it's something I definitely think all of you should consider doing. And guys, there's enough. Like, if you live in the state of Arkansas, bam, you know, you're probably within a three or four hour drive. The southern portion of the state is not heavily populated like the northern portion of the state is. You're probably within three or four hours of floating on the White River. If you're from out of area, this is not the only thing here. God, go back through my freaking catalog of episodes. Go back through the portfolio, guys. All of that stuff, you know, when I'm talking about the Buffalo River, when I'm talking about Big Bluff, when I'm talking about the Lost Valley Eden Falls Cave that we just talked about just a couple of episodes ago, all of this stuff is in within a reasonable distance of this very north central part of the state. All of it. If you want to come from out of area, you're not just coming to float the White River for an afternoon and stay the night, obviously. Guys, you've got a week God, you have weeks worth of things you could do. If you wanted to come spend an entire month here, you would fill it up and have a good time. Like more than enough, more than enough reason to come here and make a family vacation here in the natural state, in my home state. That is absolutely beautiful. Like I said earlier, a sportsman's paradise. So something you guys should consider. And for me, like even the driving parts of trips anywhere into the Ozarks are great because the drives themselves are nice. They're beautiful. So when I came home, you know, the trip wasn't over when I left out of Sunset on the Shore there um, in, I think, Lakeview right off of Bull Shoals to come home. I had a three-hour drive home through some of the most beautiful scenery you will ever see. I stopped at Kings River Outfitters and got my lunch there. Um, it's It's still part of the trip. I'm still, like, not stressing quite yet. I don't start stressing about real world until I get back home on a trip like that. So it's a great trip all the way around. It's a great trip that everyone should do. Um, I think, gosh, I'm going to look at my 
my episode list here did I talk about everything that I wanted to talk about tonight. It's looking like it. Um, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Now I'm into ramble mode again. Um, so anyway, I appreciate you guys coming back for yet another episode. I, I want to say one more time I that you have my apologies for having to go to a two-week um, production schedule. It It's not easy for me to make that decision. Number one, I actually just love producing the content. I mean, I hope you guys like it, but even if you don't like it, I don't really care. I love making stuff. That's just a part of me. So it sucks. Trust me. I just want to apologize one more time for having to go to that, but it has functioned already in its purpose. It bought me so much room to breathe. I only had one week off this time. I only have to record this one episode and it'll drop the week I come back and I'll be able to catch right back up into the next part. Perfect. Worked out perfect. So for the time being, we're going to stay with this. With my apologies to you, the listener, thank you all for sticking with us. And thank all of you who have been reviewing and have given ratings. That's really starting to help. I think that's why we're starting to see the numbers rise. So if you haven't yet, if you're listening and you enjoyed what you're listening to, please, 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 I beg of you, don't make me grovel. Go and rate and review and subscribe. I just cannot tell you, unless you do this, you don't understand how emphatically important it is to have those ratings because that's how the algorithm works that bumps you up and gets you seen by more people and gets us more exposure. So if you guys do that, you'll have my eternal gratitude. Um, Write your stories in. I really want to start telling y'all stories. Telling our stories has been great, but I really want to tell yours. If you guys want to participate in the Wayward Stories podcast, if you want your story on the show, send me an email with your story, mywaywardstory at gmail.com. Go to the website, waywardstories.com, for anything you want to find. My Instagram, you can get to our YouTube from there. You can get to the podcast in there. You can listen and watch any of this straight from our homepage at waywardstories.com. If any of you guys want to support us as the independent artist that we are, not making any money for this yet, go over to patreon.com forward slash wayward stories and you can become a patron. I think that's going to do it, guys. I think that's going to do it for this week. I even rambled my way through the closing. Apologize for that. But hey, you're still getting information from me. You're still getting information. Um, Till we see you guys next week. Until we figure out what we're going to do in the next episode, actually two weeks from now. You guys be good to each other. Actively, functionally, be good to each other.